Deary Brothers, Ford Lincoln, Patrick Eads and his crew. Steve Anderson, Hawkeye Title and Settlement. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars. GT Car and his crew at Suple Siding and Remodeling. Suple's Flowers, the home of 1-800-800-ROSE. Big Dog Satellite, Internet and Solar. Don't call an 800 number. Call Kevin and his crew at Big Dog, a premier dish authorized retailer at 338-6600. Hertine at Stocker Jewelers, 101 South Dubuque Street, downtown Iowa City. Premier Automotive in North Liberty. Hit a deer call, Premier. And the Oxyoke Inn. Hello. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. I heard you already speaking about how playing in the bubble, but I was talking with my father yesterday. I don't want to ask you about this situation. What if the players, we're, now we're talking about all sports here, what if they basically, and I hate to use this term, but I'm going to use it, went basically full military on them? Now, what I'm saying is basically is that they can only, an athlete can only go to their dorm to, because it's going to be, little classes might be online, so they have to go to their dorm and then whatever sport they go to, and that's it. They can't go anywhere else. Restrict basically their movement. Can they do that or not? I think it's up to if if the athlete says I'll be subjected. Yes, I mm-hmm. can live with that. Then I think they can do it. It's, mm-hmm. They can't force you to do that. No. But no I think sense. if you get the approval from the parents of athletes and everybody's in agreement and they set up a plan, I, like I said, this is all uncharted. I don't know. This is all new. I don't think there is any specific rule either way. But, yeah, if you get the consent of parents and the athletes to live that way, and to me, I think, that, isn't that a, what you interpret as a bubble? Yes, and the less contact, obviously, that the team has with outside people is a good thing. If you could get it at zero, that would be perfect. Right. So the, the other thing is, too, is we they keep talking about how classes are going to be online. So therefore, well, I was not saying that yet. I was not. I was not saying that yet. I was still says they're okay, right. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Pat. I, okay, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm just. Saying, I'm just throwing this out here. Okay. Yeah. All right. What if they did for the athletes? They said, though. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to take. You're not. You're not going on campus. You're going to be taking your classes online. And that's it. You're not well, going to. You're going to move from here, to point point A to point B, and that's it. That's something to consider. And I'm sure that will be something that, if it gets to that point, and maybe that's what Franz means by this bubble discussion. Because when I think of a bubble, I think you're like what you said. You're. I mean, they obviously can't live over at the basketball facility, but they can stay. I, it wouldn't surprise me if they figured out a way. But then you got leases and contract. I get it. Rental to get them all living together. Yeah. In a hotel or something, cordon off a hotel for three, four months, do their classes. That's what I mean by a bubble, even more so than going back to the dorms. And that and that would limit your outside contact to yes. as close to zero as you And it get. would be the same people you're around right. every day. Whereas dorms can it'd be different if the dorms are going to be open. But that's what I think by living in a bubble means. And I think if there's a will, there's a way you could do that. You'd have to somehow figure out a way to reach agreements with the people that... I'm sure okay. these players all have rental agreements, places they live. Those would have to be broken, wouldn't they, Tom, to go but if you're you, going to put... The, the, yeah, I would think so. There's so much involved with doing what we're talking about. Right. And, I, and the reason why I said military, because kind of like, a.k.a. like what they do would do at West Point. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, I mean, those guys, I mean, gals and guys and gals, I mean, they're, that's it, man. You, you're, you're in your barracks, or not barracks, 
you're in your dorm, you go there, you go to you go to class, but you still go to class, whatever, and you're kind of locked. You're AKA locked down, is what you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. And, no. and so uh, I was just wondering, and by uh, but what but the NCAA and, and Pat, uh, you're saying they have to get written permission then from the parents and them because by NCAA, is there anything in NCAA or scholarship that says that? They can do this or not do that, or but just not that I'm aware of, because I don't. I don't think there's right. anything about global pandemics in an in, in a scholarship. I can't imagine I there is. So. I mean, maybe that that maybe changes from this point on. There may new, be a new clause and stuff like this. But I, th- like I said, I think this is all unprecedented. Everything that happens now is going to be almost setting a precedent moving forward. And I think, I mean, I, I like I said, I think in order to do anything with someone's kids, don't you think, Tom and Steve, you guys, yes. you got to get a, a consent from family. Okay. Well, the, the other thing here is, is these are college kids. Can you isolate them for four months where they couldn't the see challenge. their girlfriends, parents, parents, right. brothers, right. sisters? And I don't think I don't I'm think not sure you can. can do that. Uh-uh. It can. Is I mean, I know it's important. Don't get me wrong, but is it that important to where someone? I, it, it's almost like impossible to do that for kids between 18 and 22. Well, we'll ask Fran about that yeah. at 930. But, you know, it's possible you could isolate them for five weeks. But four months is an inhumane length of time, mm-hmm. I think. I agree. Okay, I'm going to have a, a funny one now since I was serious. Now, I, I, can, I can tell you one thing. I'm a big Cub fan. Now, all i got to say is, if the St. Louis Cardinals, and the St. Louis Cardinals ruined, basically, because and I, you know, I feel sorry for the players getting, you know, having the COVID nineteen. But just being a Cub fan, I, I tell you, if the St. Louis Cardinals ruin it this baseball season for the Cubs, I'm going to become extremely angry. St. Louis Cardinals have ruined a lot of Cubs seasons, so it what do they have? Be anything new? What do they have? Six <laughs> who've tested positive? Is it six now? I think it's six. I know the Marlins had twenty-one. Yeah, they're, they're, it went up. Okay. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Appreciate it. I can't wait to listen to Fran. Take care. Go All on. Right, thanks. thanks so much for the call. So the Marlins had 21. The Cardinals have six. I mean, like I said, I think baseball is going to try to grind through this as much as they can. But And I think this is how any sport's going to be over the next year. Once we, Like if we have college football, I think it's going to come. Oh, man, do you hear the Michigan State so-and-so well, game? The, the key grip here so far has been the bubble, the bubble sports have worked. Yeah. Both internationally and nationally, the non-bubble sports have not. Worked. But bubbling NBA players is different than bubbling college athletes. It's just different. I, well, yeah, they're getting they're getting paid a lot, tons of money. Yeah, yeah and but I mean, it's not gonna. You can't lock some kid up for four months. It's, it's I mean, they locked no, White but, Boy Rick up for thirty years. But if you lock him down for five weeks, saying you're going to play three games a week. Um, you're going to be in this hotel. But then, okay, you got that. But then what about the three Is to four weeks? Is he still in prison, white boy? Rick? No, they got out on the 20th. I told you guys it went in one ear and out the other. You just completely. No, because just, I hate the son of a bitch. He's, he's <laughs> out. He got out on, he got out on July he's 20th. He's a drug, go, uh, whatever. He got out on July 20th. What did he do again? Drug dealer? Was drug he, dealer. That's it? Um, <laughs> yes, for the okay. most part. That's why he got... Um, was it around schools? Um, I don't know. Not, not about, no, he was, was, he hell, selling he, was the kids? he was 15. He was doing this stuff at 15 Well, and then 16. he probably was doing it at school. No, he don't know because they wouldn't let him back in school after he got shot. Oh. <laughs> oh, they said he was a danger to the... <laughs> a danger to How the old school. is he now? 
He's like two, four years. He was born in 70. Okay, so he can pick himself well, up. He's 50. 50. Go out and yeah, get Yeah, he's a, got a chance yeah. to. My yeah. guess is he'll figure out. He'll yeah, make some go money. Go out, get a job, and uh, you know, bygones be bygones. Do you think he'll make, he could make some money from being white boy Rick? Now, legally, he could, he could go to speaking. And, and, yeah, I'm white boy Rick. There's and, one guy in uh, Iowa. He really <laughs> admires me. But the two guys he works with hate me because they're <laughs> they don't <laughs> they just don't care. They care about they don't care. But what were we talking about before? Hello, <laughs> bubble sports working, non bubble sports not working. Hello. Hey guys, I was just going to say about the bubble sports. Um, the I don't pay attention to the NBA at all, but the the NHL had over four thousand tests done between players, trainers, coaches, mm-hmm. or coaches, all staff and everything. Everybody got tested like three times. Mm-hmm. It was like over four thousand tests. They did not have one yeah. positive. So mm-hmm. now, if they can keep all those people isolated in a structured environment. They're going to be fine. I mean, right. I mean, they should be fine. So yeah, it can win, but it can work. But what an extreme you have to do by well, that's it. by a bubble. I mean, that's yeah. So it's as extreme as they, it can and get. Putting college kids like this <clears throat> is different. Like yeah. uh, like you guys said, because they're I don't know the league minimum of an NHL player is about he's getting paid seven hundred thousand dollars to be away from everybody. So it's not a you know, college kids obviously don't make that much It's just money, different. So. For the NBA, it's a job. For college players, it's not considered a job. And the NCAA is always telling us it's not a job. So that's the – no, are I mean – it, it, it Is the be, NBA – are they in Florida? Yeah, they're in Orlando. Yep. Okay. Because I was wondering, like, I don't know if, like, states are different. Uh, like, obviously, Florida was a hot spot. And, you know, the hockey players are playing in Edmonton. Oh, really? I was not aware of that. Okay. Yeah, their bubble cities are Edmonton and I think Toronto. Okay. So I don't know what the heck. I, Toronto's obviously big, but I'm sure it's not as populated as Florida is up in Edmonton. So. Yeah, I mean, I watched a couple of VA games. It's, I mean, have you? Seen, it's neat how they have. The, I've, I've seen a little. The bit. virtual fans on the side. Yeah, it's it's a neat setup. They're making the best out of a really tough situation, and so I mean, it's something. I mean, I've loved watching the Cubs, man. I mean, the Cubs are seven and two right now. When I watch them, their bullpen even did good yesterday. Their bullpen came through. Anyway, guys, I was just going to tell you about the – you guys already hit the, the bubble thing, so yeah. all right, well, man. All right, hey, thanks, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Okay, white boy Rick was not just running drugs, okay? Okay, let me hear it. He was operating I, a car theft ring. Well, that was – no, that's – that. <laughs> watch the documentary and they explain it. That's, I'm not going to take the time. <laughs> he explained him. They, no, they running, did. Making uh, tens of thousands of dollars. That's not – if you watch the documentary, <laughs> it's not true. I mean, okay. they um, – uh-huh. that he did do something for his mother to get a car while he was, she was in prison. But, <laughs> what but it was, No, but, uh, whatever. I'm not going to argue with you about it. It's not worth it. I'll talk about White Boy Rick anytime I want to. You know, but <laughs> – um, but no, that's you're leaving was, now. He is out of jail now. So you want me? I'll, every time you talk about him, I'll play Asia. That's fine. I, I don't care. That's better than some of the music they play on here. Asia would be a step up, even that song. Hello. Did he say Tato? <laughs> what? Also, did you try putting that satellite in a bag of rice? See, now I don't know. Half of that was funny. Yeah. But I'm not... I, well, the Tonto reference is... Goes way goes back. Goes way back. And then what's the satellite have to do with Tonto? I don't... Uh, the satellite doesn't have anything to do with Tonto. It's, 
if you drop your cell phone into a toilet, they say if you put it in a bag full of rice, oh, I've heard that. that rice, it will dry out. I've heard rice does that for a number of things. But yes. what's, yeah. Then well, why did he segue to a satellite? Because at one point in time, years and years and years ago, God, give it up. You know, he's going back like 10 years. I told Debbie to put her, she got her uh, computer wet, her laptop, and I told her to put it in rice. Okay, okay. And it did do nothing. Except for the fact that when she took it to attack, he had to, he said there's a bunch of rice in here. So what about the satellite, though? How did you segue to that? I hate the satellite. Hello? Is that something to date? Yeah, that's today. Oh, okay. You shouldn't be messing around with your cell phone in the toilet anyway. Yeah, that's a good point. But without the crowd, would you say that the home team does not have that home field advantage except for the fact that they know the field better and how to play certain well, They have sight lines. Yeah, I would imagine, yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean the crowd helps you don't have any of that heckling and cheering except from the other dugouts. Yeah, and some could argue from football, Iowa will suffer as much as any team in the Big Ten because Kinnick gives them such an edge. Mm-hmm. But still, I'd rather play at Ohio State without 110,000 screaming yeah, at you. So I think it works both ways, obviously. It kind of cancels out. How do you like the experimental rule of putting a runner Hate on it. second base? And- I, I, I didn't see your tweet. Hate it. I love the that. fact the Cubs won, but it's gimmick baseball. It reminds me of T-ball. I just don't like it. Well, I, just I think know the only time I've seen that is when uh, softball was in championship games. And, yeah, I, I just and, think it's uh, baseball admitting that our game is flawed, so we're going to do this to help speed it up. I just don't like it. But I had people call me, oh, you're just old and crusty. You know, I'm in my 50s, and I'm old and crusty because of, Tell I, don't who like, cares. I don't like a rule in baseball. I just don't like it. I just think it's – well, Some people – do you like the DH um, this year? I don't mind the DH, but why are the Cubs not using Kyle Schwarber as a DH? Boy, that's the question, isn't it? I actually well, – I reached out to – did in the, in the World Series, but then he was hurt. You know, so. I actually reached out to Brownlecamp about that yesterday, and he hasn't responded, which is unusual. I hope Todd's – you out there, Todd. I asked you a question about Cubs. <laughs> It doesn't make any Damn sense. Damn it, Todd. Why are the Cubs using Kyle Schwarber in left field when they can use him as a DH? I don't, am I missing Maybe something? Maybe they think he needs the practice. Wasn't he originally a catcher? Yeah, a bad one. When he played, when he played for Indiana. He yeah, and he was catcher. an average catcher. I mean, that was the whole thing when he was coming out. They're like, this is one of the greatest hitters we've ever seen, but where's he going to play? He couldn't catch. Yeah. He tried, and it just didn't work. But they have him out in left field, which means do they not have another left fielder who's better than him? Well, maybe they don't. Well, they have to have other people out there. That's but... weird. That's weird. I'll tell you what, boy. If Al- imagine if Albert Amora could hit, because man, he plays center field as good as anyone, but he just can't hit. No, he's a great fielder, though. That's true. He's, he's just can't hit. A player. You put him and Jason outfield. Hayward in your outfield. Two of your three players are. I mean, I, I love Hayward, but he just can't hit consistently. Two of your three players can't hit, and Schwarber can't field. <laughs> yeah, but the other two are great fielders. <laughs> yeah. So but got, I'm not complaining, man. They're seven and two. I there is. I mean, I love to complain. You know that. But there's little to complain about with the Cubs right now. I love what David Ross has done. They're playing well, and what they're getting, what you don't see from the Cubs a lot, they're getting timely hits. That's what's been so impressive about this team so far. But yeah, let's just hope we can keep it going, Karn, because I think the season's hanging by a thread. Well, I did notice that some of the pirate players were playing with masks on. Yeah, some are. I mean, some are doing that, yeah. So that's an individual choice on the field, obviously. So, I mean, I think... And then do you like the rule of where the pitcher comes in, he has to at least pitch to three uh, players? No, not really, no. No, it speeds up the game a little I bit. I guess but. it does, but no, not really. I think why are you tinkering? I mean, are you, is your game you that flawed? Bad one in there, and you 
need to get rid of him immediately. Now, if this is just a root, uh, one-time thing for the COVID season, maybe they go back to it. But I don't, you know, I see this being long-term. No, I don't like it, but I'm, I'm, that's just my opinion. I'm not saying people who disagree are I mean, it's just a, this is strictly an opinion. I just don't like it, any of those changes. And I noticed in the baseball tournament they had more social distancing, but they also had a much bigger part to work with. Yeah, that helps. Space obviously helps. And then they said they took an hour between games to get everybody out of there and then clean it up. And But in softball, I mean, there was not much room to put people, so they were all crowded in there. Yeah. I mean, space obviously helps. I mean, imagine if we, all three of us, were crammed into one small radio. We couldn't do it. You know? Okay, well, yeah. let's hope um, we have a terrific basketball season now. Let's hope. Hopefully. And, uh, after a f- uh, football season, you know, let's. Yeah, I mean, everyone's talking about basketball right now. Let's root for terrific everything. Well, okay, thanks, Karn. So anyway, you guys take care. You too. Thank you. And everyone's Thanks. talking about basketball. We got. We haven't got football even resolved. Yet. Retired FBI agent Greg Schwartz is uh, defending White Boy Rick. He's in the documentary saying third world countries don't incarcerate like this. White Boy Rick's got a fiance. Yes, he does better than me, and he's been in prison for years. And she's years. really good looking. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, maybe I need to go to prison. Well, maybe you do. <laughs> Jesus. Why don't you oh. steal that satellite receiver in there, <laughs> yeah. and we'll report it's, you. It's worthless. <laughs> it's, no, um, white boy Rick deserved to go to jail for a lengthy amount of time. The Curry brothers that he worked for went to jail for 18, 20 years. Right on. He just didn't deserve to be in prison for 30 years, and it was clearly no. politically motivated. It was just so transparent. It's fascinating. It's an interesting story. It really, I know we joke about it, but it really is about how corruption can work. I mean, it's amazing what corruption can do if the right people are corrupting. Hello? Um, yes. Um, with, with Luca Garza's decision... And with what's happened in the football program, and I've been I've been listening to the gym class. You know, it's really, the, it's not the same. This bit got old. This the, bit got old. It I got old, and you were called out. Why don't you just talk in your normal voice? Talk in your normal voice, you and you'll an get an opportunity. No, you talk you in your normal voice. You're not persecution and no. discrimination. Yes. Talk in your no- oh, shut up. <laughs> I'm not dealing with that crap this morning. <laughs> this is this is classic. <laughs> not dealing with that crap. That's uh, to God. Here we got Fran McCaffrey coming on in seven minutes and we gotta do that. Yeah. So that had been a while, right? Or well, a long while. Yeah. Months. Wasn't I here the last time he or she called in? Yes. yes, yes. And you guys are convinced that that's all? It's a, it's a guy. Okay. Yes, 100%. Okay. And what is the end game? The end game is uh, he wants to push it uh, to see how long he could do it, and we let him do it for weeks. Yeah. But now we got... I do. You, you did. Yes. I'll, I'll give you guys credit. You yes. do let people see, I, display. I'm... Stupid, and I thought it was a no. person's real voice. No, it's not. A I did too at first, voice. and then it's, Cannon over here yeah, searched it out. It's not. <laughs> would you rather be Cannon or Rockford? If you had to be one, Rockford. Okay, Rockford. I would. I haven't gained that much weight. During no, no. The pandemic. I wasn't even thinking of the weight thing. Fact, you know, I think I lost five pounds. Well, William Conrad lived into his eighties, didn't he? Yeah, I believe he did. And he did it fat, so he did it fun. It had fun. Hello. Hey, Steve, if you're going to play Asia, can you play Don't Cry? <laughs> Leave me alone. 
Do you understand? I'm at my wit's end. Yes, I can tell today. You're bringing yeah. an edge. Do you yeah, understand? Yeah, that? you're you're bringing an edge. Cr- close to the breaking point. I am close to the breaking point. It's a combination of calls and extracurricular stuff happening around here. It's yeah. just it's and the pandemic. Yeah. They screwed up his burger yesterday somewhere. Where? My, Where? My colitis is my colitis. I sound like my colitis. Burger on the grill last night. It was good. Hello. Uh, we did too. Morning, guys. Morning. Morning. Hey, I wanted to say I think that the the bat of Victor Caratini and the glove of Victor Caratini at catcher puts him there in there a lot, and then they want Wilson Contreras in there. And, and, and uh, Swarber is an awful good left fielder, in my opinion. He has a good arm. You see that catch he made the other day? He's, he's not bad. He's not, he's not a, a butcher out there. Okay, I'm not going to. He's, but he's, he's not. You said he's an awfully good left fielder? No I, way. I, I can't buy no that. No way. I'm not. No disrespect, but no, he's an adequate, serviceable one who's no longer a liability in left field, but he's not a good left fielder. That's all I'm saying. Well, I think obviously the Cubs feel that it's. Well, to have I, that's Victor Carantini in the lineup, and then I get that. I get that about Victor Carantini, but they still have a liability in left field, and that's all I'm saying. I mean, if you well, rank, I think I think that the, that he's actually underrated. I think Schwarber doesn't. Find okay, that's fine. I just I disagree, and I think if you rank the left fielders in the National League, he'd be near the bottom. I can't I imagine defense. He's not Willie Wilson or sorry, you know, Devin White. Devon well, Willie White, Wilson was a center fielder. Devon White was a center he's, fielder. He's, he's not Dave Kingman either, though. You know. <laughs> well, he's. I mean. Yeah, he's sort of like Dave Kingman was. I mean, I mean, I like Kyle Schwarber. I think he's good. But to argue that he's a really good left fielder is just silly. Yeah, That's I, all I'm I, I love Schwarber. But I love the Cubs. That. I'll back off that. But I, th- I think he is average. And I think if you look into it a little bit, the, the, the Uzi and all that kind of ratings and all that, I think you'll see he's a little better than maybe you think. Well, maybe he's a little hopefully, I'm, hopefully I'm wrong. I mean, maybe I need to watch closer. I just cringe every time they hit a tough line drive arching away from him to left field because it still looks – yeah, but, you know, but yeah, his reaction time isn't isn't ideal. But also, he has a fine arm. He has a fine arm. I know he's, he's got a decent arm. Base I know he's got a decent he's, arm. I'm worried about like then, catching those. What line it's is? It's really all uh, about the development of Victor Caratini. He's calling he's into this one. We've got three minutes. No, catcher. Victor Caratini is a I, he's a decent player. I just I still the moment they got the DH, I remember my first reaction is good. They've taken they got they can take care of Schwarber now. He can just be the DH. Car- Caratini is one of my favorite Italian dishes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, thank you. Thanks, very man. Much. I appreciate your side. I'm yeah. not, like I said, I still. I'm sure if you were to research it, uh, one of the two of you would have been surprised. Yeah, I just, I mean, I watch enough baseball to know a decent left. And Kyle Schwarber has gotten better. He has. Don't get me wrong. He's worked really hard. But he's not a very good left fielder. He's, he's serviceable. And I thought, since he can now be a DH, why have him. To have to deal with that burden, just let him work on hitting if there's a better way. But according to this guy, there's no way to do their lineup to get the best players on there without him having to play left Schwarbs field. Schwarbs is a long ball hitter. That's oh, what he does a, I mean, best. He's, and yeah, he's one of the quickest uh, 100 home runs or yeah. whatever. And five, yeah, no. He's, that's, that's what he is. He is on, yeah, and he's never going to hit probably 300. Mm-mm. He's never going to win a gold glove. Nope. Is what he is. And as long as he can keep his weight down, I mean, to me, that's a big part of his concern is he's pretty heavy for a left field. He's built like a catcher. 
But no, he can hit the ball. And he's, I will say, he's really worked hard and accepted the challenge of trying to become a major league outfielder. Because to me, that's one of the hardest things in sports, trying to play outfield in the major league. The mm-hmm. way that ball is hit and that tiny little ball that can move in so many different directions. And if you, for one second, anticipate the wrong thing, you're screwed. You're dead. I think it's one of the hardest things in sports. I was a horrible outfielder. Me too. My dad said he used to take cover when balls were hit out to me in the outfield in Little League. You know, I was a good second baseman. I was not a good outfielder. I was a good pitcher, but I never yelled at my fielders because they'd be like, hey, man, sorry, you sucked as a fielder. What are you saying? But no, it's, it's tough playing outfield. I mean, it really is. Hello? Hey, guys. Hey, Fran McCaffrey. Hey, Fran. How you doing? Good. This hey, is you Pat. You got Pat Hardy, Tom Suter, and Captain Steve. We appreciate you coming on. Lots of... Lots of good stuff to talk about, first of all. And I was going to say, yesterday was one of the best days in a really long time for Iowa basketball. Why don't you talk a little bit about uh, Luca's decision and uh, what it means? Well, first of all, I, I, I think what was uh, impressive uh, from his standpoint was the professional way that he went about it with his family uh, you know, I think a lot of times there's a prevailing feeling that uh, when you have a player of his caliber, obviously your team's going to be better if he comes back. The fans want him to come back. His teammates want him to come back. The coaches want him to come back. We, we all want mm-hmm. to be around him. You know, he's, he's a tremendous leader. He's the best player in the country. I mean, you, you want that person on your team. But there's there's so much more to it. You know, he's someone that's very close to me. Uh, he's probably one of Connor's best friends. And there's a relationship there that has gone on and developed for, for quite some time. And, and ultimately, it's my responsibility to help him fulfill his dream. Uh, you know, obviously, to, to begin with, to max out his potential so that he can fulfill his dream and you know i think the important thing is to help him in any way that he needs to be guided through this process which is difficult in and of itself but this year more than ever uh you know i think had we finished last year uh the way we felt like we could have it would have, I think, highlighted him even more than he was. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, he was a National Player of the Year on six or more publications. But had we you know, gone into the Big Ten tournament, he would have played really well and then into the NCAA tournament, and then he would have had individual workouts, and then he would have gone to the combine. You know, That might have resulted in a different outcome because he may have had more specific opportunity to go against and outperform others that maybe uh, teams would have considered drafting ahead of him because typically he outplays whoever he lines up in front of. So if he goes to an NBA workout, he's going to outplay that. If he goes to the combine, he's going to outplay whoever's there. Uh, in the NCAA tournament, obviously, in a Big Ten tournament, a big stage. So who knows? Uh, he did have the opportunity to meet with teams and for them to get to know him, which is clearly a positive for him uh, because of his personality, his character, and his intellect. Uh, the reality is he had 
offers on the table for a lot of money. And and that's the unique part of, of Luca Garza because you know, I think a, a large percentage of people would have taken the money. And it's it's substantial by by any measure. But I think he believes that if he comes back, which he is, and plays the way he's going to, which he'll prepare for and he will do, he'll move into the first round uh, solidly. And now you're talking about a really substantial amount of money. Mm -hmm. But at, at the end of the day, you know, when I think people say, well, this isn't about money, most of the time, that's not true. Uh, and it's and at some point, it's always going to be about money. But in his case, he really did look big picture. He's a big picture guy. And that's how he's been raised. He loves his teammates. He loves the University of Iowa. He loves the competition that he faces at the Big Ten, which, you know, when you go back to last year and you think, well, he... You know, should he or shouldn't he be in the National Player of the Year? No disrespect to Obi Toppin, who had a spectacular season. He didn't play against the people that Luca played against nope. night in and night out. Mm -hmm. You just don't face that competition in the Atlantic 10. Now, the great thing about that kid is, I mean, they were 25 and 2, and he dominated that league, so who knows? But when you think about Jalen Smith and Caleb Wesson and you go Xavier Tillman. I mean, every night, John Teske, it's, it's somebody else Coburn. that is big and strong and, and an NBA caliber player. And Lucas' consistency of performance was nothing that, that we've seen in a long time. Mm -hmm. yeah, I certainly haven't. So I think, you know, for us as a program, it was a huge day. I think for him, to see him be at peace with the process, his ability to, to go about it how he wanted to, and to come to the decision that he did, uh, you could see how excited he is, how excited he was to tell his teammates, which he did yesterday, and their reaction was, was spectacular. So uh, big day for us uh, as a program, and, and we're thrilled for Luca, and then, in addition, ironically, because it's been a long process, uh, you know, Joshua Gundale showed up in the United States yesterday, so he's actually on campus in Iowa City. So it was a it was a huge day for Iowa basketball on many different levels. You know, friend, this brings me back to an interview we had with Luca in late February when he was, you know, in the midst of this great season. I remember asking him, you know, in so many words, you know, this has kind of turned into your team. This is, and right away he's like, hey, no disrespect. He goes, this is not my team. This is our team led by Coach McCaffrey. He didn't like that narrative. Does that kind of reflective of what you're talking about and why his teammates like him so much? No question. And, 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 and that's essentially what leadership is, Pat, because mm -hmm. he's a guy that, He's, he's got the strongest voice in the locker room. Uh, and you would expect it to be that way. But there are others that speak up as well and are encouraged to do so. Uh, leadership is a very unique thing, and it's not easy uh, to come by. You don't 
say, okay, do this, and then you're a great leader. Essentially, you either are or you are not. And it's okay to be a really good player who's not a leader. Mm-hmm. But those who are are truly special. And it begins with a consistency of effort and preparation and work ethic, which gives you a credibility that you need to speak up. It's not easy to call out a teammate for something that maybe they're not doing. And it has to be done in the right way. And you can challenge your teammates and you can bring topics up that are important to be discussed, but it has to be done the right way because if it's not, it will be a complete disaster when maybe that person's trying to do something good. So he has that that uncanny knack of knowing what to say, when to say it. Uh, he's typically incredibly positive, you know. So there's a way to challenge somebody that is, I think, oftentimes more effective than yelling at them or getting mad at them. And he's not that kind of guy. But he does have a standard he set for himself and for his teammates that any coach would would appreciate and, quite frankly, encourage. Uh, he's got help, you know, in, in, in the leadership area, uh, not the least of which is Connor, who's, like I said, one of his best friends, but also equally minded and equally focused. Uh, you know, you look last year's team, you know, Joe Wieskamp, even though he was a sophomore, was a guy who's not a verbal guy, mm-hmm. but a guy that when he does speak, people are going to listen because he has those same qualities. And you would say the same for C.J. Frederick. He's only a sophomore, freshman eligible, but a guy who's been around the program, uh, incredibly competitive and performs well. Then you factor in uh, you know, Jordan Bohannon, who's been here the longest, and it was part of NCAA tournament teams, but also remembers a team that wasn't so good and knows the difference. So all of those guys were helpful in the development of Joe Toussaint and helping Jack Nungy through a phenomenally difficult situation for him. You know, you guys have heard me say it, but, you know, really, I mean, last last year was probably right there with Luca, or, you know, at least our second best player through the summer and through the fall. And has to sit out essentially for the second year. Uh, I mean, he was, he was crushed. I remember uh, right after, you know, he was in Vegas right after his injury. He was Patrick's roommate and uh, they got real close and, and, you know, they obviously weren't the same class and it just worked out that they were roommates that weekend. And, uh, you know, not that I didn't know, but it's different when you, you know, when I talked to Patrick about it. That was really hard for Jack. He's an incredibly tough guy. He's he's intelligent and he's incredibly team oriented. But you know that that was really hard for him. He knew he was playing well. He just plants and there goes his season. Uh, so you know you, you think about this team and how it's coming together. You know, with Jordan coming back, Jack coming back, and and Patrick coming back on top of. You know the five guys who ended the season in the starting lineup, Crazy. 
and we haven't even talked about the, the freshmen yet who <laughs> have have really been have really been impressive. You know, we know we only had a couple team workouts uh, before a couple guys got sick, uh, but you could see it. They're, they're smart. They 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 learn quickly, and they bring uh, skill sets that are different, but I think blend very well with what we have. Have you have you had any discussions yet, Fran, about uh, possible red shirts, or is it just too early? I think it's too early. Uh, you know, it, it it it's something that that will probably happen and probably should happen. Uh, to make sure that we maximize everyone's opportunity here. Uh, there won't be as many minutes this year for the freshmen who, quite frankly, deserve minutes uh, that there might have been in another year, and that's not their fault. But by the same token, they knew that when they came here, so it's not like something got sprung on them. Mm-hmm. They kind of knew what was up, uh, but... We are really excited about them as a group, and I think they recognize that you know this is one of the top teams in the Big Ten. You know we can play with these guys, and we can contribute however we're asked. And then you know then eventually everything will be turned over to these guys, and that's that's the way it works. You know, Fran. In addition to being a great day for Iowa yesterday, it's been a good weekend, few days for the Big Ten itself. Mm-hmm. I know you as a competitor and somebody who loves college basketball. Just talk about, I mean, the Iowa-Illinois series. Illinois I can't got wait so much until better. you guys yep. play Illinois again. I mean, just talk about the level of talent in the Big Ten coming back to make this conference real strong. Well, I think it has the potential to be the strongest that it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess it's, it's probably a stretch to say ever because the Big Ten's been going on a long time, way before I got here. But I at least have a decade of experience with it, and there's, there's never been anything like it. Uh, and my time, uh, and I think what makes a particular great team or a great conference in a particular year are veteran guys, mm-hmm. uh, guys that have proven it, uh, guys that looked at the NBA uh, or playing, because it's not just you look at the NBA anymore. You look at two-way contracts, you look at money all overseas. There's a lot of money to be made, and so guys are looking at that, but these guys have decided to come back, and you know you kind of have a lot of a lot of guys saying the same thing. You know, we, we think we have a chance to win a national championship, mm-hmm. and that's true, and it's true for a lot of teams in our conference. Uh, you know, a lot of people are talking about Iowa and Illinois today because of what happened over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and. and Xavier Tillman stayed in, so it's like, okay, so now for a, for a minute you forget about Michigan State. But they're still spectacular, and they've got a tremendous big guy coming in, and they've got everybody else back. And then you you look at Indiana with everybody back and a five-star point guard. I mean, you look at Rutgers with everybody back. I mean, you just keep going. Uh, and you say, well, you know, Wisconsin. Penn State won't be the same because they lost Lamar Stevens, but They've got everybody else back in a really good recruiting class. Uh, Northwestern, people dismiss. They had a terrific young team, and they've got obviously their whole team back and had a guy that was injured who was sitting out and a, and a big-time transfer. That's the other thing that you never can really 
thoroughly evaluate it used to be a lot easier. But you look at Minnesota, for example, and they're losing Daniel Arturo, but uh, they've got a bunch of transfers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and our league has consistently been attractive to grad transfers and transfers in general. Uh, you know, Ohio State has has some really big time transfers coming in. They've got uh, a core group coming back from an NCAA tournament team. So it's it's the challenge of, and I say this all the time, but it's it's kind of what you sign up for if you're going to coach or play in this league. I think that's the fun of it, and and that's uh, what we're all looking forward to. And you didn't even mention Wisconsin yet, and they were they're loaded. Well, they, they only won the league last year, <laughs> <laughs> and they got they about everybody back. You know, friend, what? and they've got their whole starting team back. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and, and and they have they have a really good big man. They have a really good point guard. Uh, they have versatility. They have. Uh, you know, I think they they will probably be a little bit deeper than they were last year. Uh, last year's team was really good. They obviously won the league. But uh, this year's team for them, I think, not only do they have those guys back, but they're deeper, uh, which, you know, sometimes you say, well, it won't really matter because they're going to play the veteran guys. But over the course of a long season, it helps you endure any injury mm-hmm. or even a short-term uh, injury situation. So, friend, what do you think? I mean, right now, football's still uncertain. We're, we're kind of waiting. What do you think it's going to take for basketball to be played? And what do you think? What what extent would people go to to play? You talked yesterday about playing in a ball. Like, what could you envision as a last resort in order to save this game and make it to where we don't miss a, a, a year? Yeah, I don't think we're going to miss a year. I I, I think it'd be foolish of me to try to say to you guys, okay, this is what it's going to look like, because mm-hmm. we don't know. Okay, you're right. It may look normal. Okay, as of today, we plan on playing in November. Okay. Uh, but you've got a couple things in play, not the least of which is when, when classes go online after Thanksgiving, you have that period till the second semester begins uh, to do a type of bubble situation if you want to. Mm-hmm. And that's why you hear the to talk about uh, conference-only scheduling. But that would also be an opportunity maybe to, to do a, uh, a challenge situation like an ACC Big Ten challenge or a Gavit Games challenge mm-hmm. over that period of time. Uh, if you push the schedule back to January, you obviously you increase the possibility that there would be a vaccine, which I think would help everybody relax in terms of going to games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there are a lot of people who, if there are games and they're letting fans in, they're going to go. And I think there are a lot of people that, no matter what, they wouldn't go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so uh, that would be a personal thing. Uh, you know, I personally would like to have fans there, but would be respectful of anybody who, who wanted to stay socially distanced in those situations. And I think if we did have fans, we would set it up that way. So I don't think there's anything that's not on the table in terms of suggestions. You know, we have had meetings where we've talked about different scheduling scenarios that might work. You know, obviously we'll have to take a look at when school starts and the students enroll back on campus. You know, do we see a spike? And and probably would be. You know, can we get 20-year-olds to 
at least be somewhat intelligent uh, and and how they live their lives. Because, you know, think about it, guys. I mean, <laughs> one of the most fun times in your life yes. is when yep. you come back to school in the fall and you, everybody goes to – they go out, they go downtown, yep. they go to the football games, they, they socialize with their friends that they haven't seen all summer. Uh, and, and, you know, that's something that I think we all recognize and have to be careful, you know, when we do come back, in particular as it relates to our guys and how they socially interact. Well, and you look at your staff too, Fran. You've got three coaches, 60 or over. And then with your son, Patrick, do you have to take special precautions with him? And how is he doing? Can you update us on how Patrick's doing? And with the COVID stuff, I mean, with the age, I mean, do you have heightened concern, you know, with yourself and your staff members? Yeah, I think we. I think what we have to do is listen to the information and be intelligent mm-hmm. with with what we do, where we go. Uh, you know, just kind of stay on top of it. You know, I, I'm pretty lucky, as is Sherm and, and, and Kirk Spiro. Uh, we have access to a trainer and yeah. to doctors where we can say, "Hey, this, this is how we feel today." You know, we're we're in a in a protocol where if we do go to the office. We, you know, we have to answer a questionnaire about how we feel, and then we get our temperature taken every time we go out of the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I think it just creates an awareness to, to stay on top of it. I've been tested uh, since this thing started three times, and I've tested negative every time. Uh, but yes, you know, you are concerned about 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 your guys. You know, I'm not. Yeah, with what Patrick's been through, that's something that, you know, is a concern to to all of us. Uh, He was tested recently and tested negative uh, and feels great. And, you know, we're we're happy about that. I'm I'm not sure, you know, what what the the numbers say in terms of is is he more susceptible uh, because of his past health issues or not. Uh, you know, because he does take a lot of medication mm-hmm. as it relates to his previous condition. So uh, he's somebody that we we really monitor very closely. Uh, but I have to tell you, you know, Brad Floyd has been amazing uh, because that's his responsibility. Once once they began the pilot program to reintroduce some sports teams onto our campus, it, it fell on he and and our medical staff to very closely monitor uh, where they're going, who they're with. Do they need to quarantine? Do they not have to quarantine? And now now you add in Joshua Gundelay coming from the U.K. Mm-hmm. He had a negative test before he left. He feels great. He'll get another test in a couple days, and then we can uh, put him in the dorm. So, you know, every day is, is a new day in terms of, of all of that, but you know, I'm very pleased with the job that, in particular, Brad is doing. So, speaking of uh, Josh Agundale, how big is uh, Luca's decision to come back? How big is that going to be for uh, Josh's development? You know, I, I think Josh is is a guy that has a chance to be really, really good, and. He's he's a young guy of tremendous character. I've been so impressed with him through this process. Being in a foreign country, getting his high school season 
kind of sh- shut down and then school ends and do I stay here? Do I go home? Question whether or not he should go home. He goes home. Now he can't get back. And and that day-to-day uncertainty is, am I ever going to get a visa again? Am I going to be able to go live out my dream? He stayed locked in. His his mother was phenomenal. Uh, but But he's a guy that every day is going to have to try to keep up with Luca Garza. And, and he's big and strong and powerful. And he, he's athletic. But he's, he's, he's got tremendous girth. So the, the running aspect of how we play is going to be critical to his overall development as he looks down the road. And so going against Luca in that way every day, because Luca doesn't take a possession off in practice. Yeah. And that's another thing that makes him so special. A lot of the great ones, not only do they take possessions off in practice, they just kind of manage their body and might not even practice some days. Now, you know, LeBron would probably tell you, you know, he he does all the time. You know, Michael Jordan did. I mean, so the great ones do, but some don't. Mm-hmm. And some are into the, you know, you hear it all the time in the NBA load management. You know, and you get that for 82 games, plus the playoffs, plus preseason. You know, but in college, you you, you got to bring it every day. If you're going to be good and you're going to take being good to being great, you got to bring it every day, and you got to work on your game every day. You got to get better every day, and that's what Josh will see in Luca. And there'll be days when it'll be frustrating for him because he'll get outperformed by Luca. But the, the great thing about Luca is Luca will put his arms around him and and, and give him a hug and, and help him and, and help him get better. I think one of the things that's been great is you know those guys talk. You know, okay, yeah, you're not here, but you can still talk. Mm-hmm to the staff and to the players, and he's done that. Uh, and he stayed connected. And that's that's another phase of the leadership that we were talking about at the start of the conversation. You know, Fran, when I was driving in here today thinking about this interview, I, I thought about it's been, you know, 10 years. I mean, you have you got here in 2010. I thought about where the program was there then, and I'm not knocking the previous – regime but to where it is now and it's it's really astounding i mean going what i mean i'm you don't seem like a big picture guy that you dwell on stuff like that but i mean it's got to be pretty rewarding to what to you to what you've been able to do and has there been one or two keys to why you've been able to get this program back to where it is now i i think there are a lot of a lot of factors there pat uh yeah i think when you Evaluated that job in 2010, and, and the program was 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 a little bit down, as you mm-hmm. mentioned. It's easy to look at it that way and say, "Eh, you know, you know, we, we got to go on at Siena. You know, we're going to be one of the top two or three teams in this league every year." I just signed an eight-year extension. You know, why go there and and fight that fight? But, you know, and, and you have a, a tremendous knowledge of the history of this program. And if, even if you didn't, and I did, but even if you decided to do some homework, mm-hmm. th- there's a phenomenal history here of great coaches, great players, phenomenal fan base, yep. uh, great arena. I mean, there are so many positives that you look at it and say, well, 
this is going to be an easy sell. We'll get this thing going. And and that's how I looked at it. I, you know, I think you know, I had a great staff. You know, in the in the beginning, having Jerry Strom around was was terrific because you know what a great resource he was. Mm-hmm. Andrew came with me. Uh, I hired Sherman Kirk, and they've been here since day one. And the other hires that I made, Billy Taylor, has been phenomenal. Al Seibert. We had Drew Spiro in the beginning. I mean, we we've had a lot of really tremendous people. But I think another thing that that I think goes a little bit unnoticed. Fortunately for us, you know, Gary Barda, and at the, it was at the time it was Sally Mason and uh, Dale Howard and Mark Jennings. I mean, those guys, Matt Henderson, they got together and said, we have to upgrade the facilities. Our facilities were good, but they were substandard by Yes, mm-hmm. in relation to the other Big Ten teams. Yes, so we, we've done a couple of renovations on Carver. We did the practice facility, a new weight room, a new office complex, a new locker room. That we were in that probably a year and a half into my time, but at least you know we could sell that right away. You know, it was the, the, the hole was dug. This is a picture of what it's going to look like. This is where we're headed. This is the commitment that we're making. You've got to be able to bring a prospect who wants to play in the NBA like Luka Garza and say, look, here's our practice facility. It's open to you every day. You want to get in and get extra shots up. It's handprint technology. So if you want to work out at 10 o'clock on a Sunday night, you can come on in and turn the lights off when you leave. That doesn't sound like much, but if you don't have that, you can't compete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at at the time when I was hired, other teams had it and we didn't. So I think there was that. And I, but I also think the the TV exposure in our conference and and you know what our conference commissioners have done, you know Jim Delaney and now Kevin Warren with you know ESPN, Fox, you know CBS, the Big Ten Network. It it has enabled our recruiting base to expand. Now we're still going to be, you know, Midwest based in a lot of ways. But you know, we're talking about Luca Garza, and you know, he's he's from DC, mm-hmm. so he was the Gatorade Player of the Year in DC. So we got him to come out to Iowa. You know, we're still going to deal with some of the Iowa stereotypes, but the facilities that we have, the conference that we're in, the exposure we get, and the success that we've had. You know, players come and look, and I think you guys would agree. Uh, it's oftentimes different than people that aren't from here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when they get here, it's wow! I didn't I didn't know it was like this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really impressive. So that gives you an opportunity to get some players that maybe you wouldn't have gotten before. So a, a lot of things came together. Uh, the, the other piece I would say is, you know, kind of how we recruit. And the expectations we have of of the character of the guys that we're bringing in, and you know, obviously, wouldn't mention any names, but there have been times when I brought, we have brought players on campus and sent them home. Mm-hmm. They're on official visits, and and you get to know them a little bit better. And okay, this is not somebody we want. Mm-hmm. The players can come in and say, "Hey, this guy's, you know, you can't believe what he said, what he wanted to do." We just send them home, you know, so we have a, I'm not saying we're perfect, 
but I think if you if you really focus on the character component of the players that you bring in to visit, yeah. ultimately you're going to get guys that, that have that kind of character and then are able to perform together in an unselfish way and compete at the level they're expected to compete. Well, and I think the results, I mean, look yeah. at the police. I mean, there's been hardly <clears throat> any incidents involving your players over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. I've covered Iowa basketball, and for the most part, it's been pretty good over all the years, but your 10 years, Fran, there's hardly been anything, and that's a, a tribute to, like you said, judging the character of recruits. And, Tom, you have one last question for I, I do. This is kind of a fun one. Um, okay, so you got the possible player of the year coming back uh, in the middle. You've got three guys in CJ, Wheezy, and J-Bo who can fill it up from outside. Connor can drain the three. Jack Nunji can drain the three. Patrick can hit the three. How in the world? And you haven't even brought up the freshman yet. No. Or Joe Toussaint. And so how in the world, if you had to come up with a defense uh, – to keep Iowa in check, what would you do? How would you defend Iowa? You're going to ask him to share that secret? Well, I, I think <laughs> I, I think anytime you're dealing with a potent offensive group, uh, the, the the best way to always combat that is is pressure, not necessarily full court pressure. I mean that that's one way to do it, but you know if you have good passers, good ball handlers, and guys that move the ball and can make threes. Oftentimes, the more space you give them, uh, the more effective they are. So what you've got to be able to do, and I think we've really worked on this, because teams did that to us last year. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they got up into our space. They're going to get in Wheezy space, CJ's space, Bohannon's space. But he's used to that. Same with Connor. Uh, and try to pressure the shot, pressure, pressure the post feed. And that's... I mean, that's great if you want to do that, but, you know, all those guys can put it on the deck and drive. Yeah. And what happens then is you get the other team in foul trouble. So uh, you're in the bonus. You're in the double bonus early, and now you're throwing it into Luca, and they're fouling him because he's always going to get fouled. So th- th- there's, there's ways to combat no matter what they hit us with because of the multiple weapons that we have. But I, I think the only hope that you have is, is pressure. And like I said, even then, you know, if the X is on the O, as we say, then that gives you more space to rip and drive. And our guys are savvy at putting the ball on the deck and getting fouled. So maybe we just end up shooting more free throws. Tell you what, I, just can't, I just can't wait for hoops, Fran. We really appreciate you coming on. This was a lot of fun. Congratulations to Luca and to you. Yesterday was a lot of fun for Hawkeye fans. And let's just keep our fingers crossed we have a season. And I think we will. And good luck to everything. Appreciate it, sir. Always enjoy it, guys. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you, Fran. Thanks. God, he's so easy oh, to talk boy. to. Because we could talk for hours. But only if the lawnmower would be louder. That would help, <laughs> I think. Captain, your thoughts? Uh, well, the lawnmower almost hit the building, so. <laughs> so we do know that for sure it is a gun delay. Because there was yeah. some. What else? What, how, how, somebody else pronounced it Ogundeli a while back. Yeah. Okay, a gun delay. But it's a gun delay. And the first name's pronounced Josh, in yes. case you're wondering. Hello. Hey, guys, it's your call from Ames. Hey, hey how you doing? Brand. I just, caught, just kind of caught the second half of that. I'll have to listen back on the podcast. But uh, 
just a couple things. I, I watched the press conference yesterday. Pat, were you on that Zoom call? I was at the beginning, but then I went to finish writing my story, and Tyler Devine stayed on it for the entire hour, and I think it was like an hour and 15 minutes long. I was only on it okay. at the very beginning, but Tyler Devine from Hawk Fanatic was on it the whole time. So I don't want to. I don't. I'm not trying to blow this out of proportion. I, I don't think it was anything, but I think it's probably because we're coming off this investigation into Iowa football. But were uh, Tom, were you at all even mildly uncomfortable when no reporters wanted to ask Joe Tucson a question? You know, uh, a little bit, but that, I just kept thinking, God, this is uncomfortable. They kept going back to we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't. I mean, over and over again. And eventually, Weitzel said, "You know, we do have Joe Tucson on." God, I was trying. I would have, if I would have been on, I would have asked. Cause hell, I'd love to have Joe Tucson on the radio. I mean. I've yeah, asked, I, and I'm the same. Joe Tucson's mm-hmm. one of my favorite players on this team. Plus, he's got oh, a he's great, great. He's from New York City. He's got a great story to tell about family dealing with COVID. I, I'll reach out to got, Matt White. Maybe we can get Joe it, on. That'd be great. I'll say something it's to Matt White. It's got nothing to do. It's got. No, it's got nothing to do with the color of his skin. But at the same time, in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, well, it's the one black guy on here, and nobody wants to ask. Him well, questions. and I'm like that so, too, because what I you know, I do a lot of the post game press conferences. They'll bring like in basketball, they'll bring four or five different players in there, and then one or two will be asked all the other questions. I always feel bad for the two players mm-hmm. that are sitting there because they've been asked to be there by media people. You know, it also happens yeah. with Iowa football. After Iowa football games, the players start trickling in one-on-one, and they're brought in because they're requested by a media person. So obviously Nate Stanley walks in, boom. But then let's say there's one specific media person who's asked for one specific player, but that media person's busy interviewing someone else. They'll bring that player in, they'll yell the player's name out, and then he just stands there and waits. I always feel awkward. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I, I yes. wish, had I, had yeah. I noticed that, I would have probably felt the same awkwardness. But I wouldn't have asked Joe Toussaint a question because I felt sorry for him not being asked. I find him interesting, and I find him a key yeah, piece of this team. Too. And he's that. He's actually he's a good interview. He's a great I mean, He is. I was not. So did anyone? Did he ever get asked a question? He, yeah. Yeah. He finally, after Weitzel, after Weitzel said, that, you know, "Good we job got by Matt." As a reminder. Good job yeah, by Scott Matt. Doctorman, there was a long pause, and then Scott Doctorman, I think it was, I think it was Doctorman, okay. asked him a question, just like, "What's your reaction?" But it just, I don't know. I just am trying to put, you know, with this whole thing with the football team, you try to put yourself in these guys' shoes more often, especially people of color. And, no, you're right. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I and guess, we I guess may be overly sensitive, too, now because of this that, football that, thing. That's the kind of thing that could, would make me feel sort of – I mean, obviously, I'm sure he doesn't feel that way. I mean, the basketball program, everybody's got great things to say about the team and the, and the coaching staff and everybody. But it would, it would kind of make me feel uncomfortable if I'm a kid that come here from New York. I'm the only black kid on this on this call, and, and nobody asked me a question. Every yeah, that, I, yeah I was not on during that time. and um, But, no, that's I'm just glad that Matt – Point. That's what Matt Weitzel, you know, that's part of his job. That was a good job by him. And Joe Toussaint's you know, so much fun because we haven't had a player like him in, well, uh, I can hardly I, remember when. I'd like to have him on the radio in part, though. I'd like him to talk about what his family dealt with with COVID back when it was spiking and all that. I'm sure he's got an interesting story to tell. Mm-hmm. And so, no, um, I will actually reach out. I'll reach out to Matt Weitzel again because I know I did. We got Joe Weiss. I, I will say Iowa basketball has been pretty good to us. I mean, think about it. We've had Connor and Weezy. Patrick. We've had Wieskamp. We've had Luca Garza. We've had Fran twice since the season. I've got no complaints about Iowa basketball. But I will reach out and see about maybe getting Joe Toussaint on. I'm not sure with him in quarantine how that changes stuff now, but I definitely think Joe's got a story to tell. And thanks for pointing that out. I, yeah. I, I can see why you'd yeah. feel awkward. Yeah. 
Tom, I, I do have one question for you quickly, quickly Tom. i got, mm-hmm. I got to get going here. But I do have a question. On Friday, I listened to your show on podcast on Friday, and you mm-hmm. were running through some of the, the running backs that had complained against the program. Right. Um, and you had mentioned Derek Mitchell, but isn't he the guy that died? I mean, I, I was wondering if he had said something before he passed away. But you had mentioned Derek Mitchell, and I, I caught it. I'm thinking – is that the same kid that I remembered that passed away here this past well, year? Well, I think, yes, he did pass yeah. away, but it's been brought out that he had some, He had issues. Oh, okay, he had okay. some issues right. here that he didn't uh, that he didn't think he was treated fairly. Right. He had some so issues, he, too, but yes, he, he tried. He said something before, or he, like yes. somebody else. And his teammates him. are okay. speaking on, his former teammates have now spoken kind of on behalf of him, too, mm-hmm. saying that Derek went through oh, a lot okay. here. It's basically what Tom meant by that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. I just wanted to clarify. Okay. That no I problem. Heard that, so. Appreciate right. your call. Thanks, guys. Have All a right. good rest of your day. All right. But that was interesting that there was a lot of discontent in the running back mm-hmm. uh, room. Yeah. Which so, I don't know. Are we, should we take a break or is it too late to take a break? I don't care. <clears throat> Jeez, just, we're, just dealing, we're dealing with an un, unhappy captain today. I'm happy. I, uh, I, I thought right. that was a great interview. How about Grand Funk Railroad? I thought your... it was very. Uh, I didn't know. Uh, I was just waiting for you to ask Fran about the fruit truck. Well, <laughs> what I. It wasn't just, you know. Fran's pretty easy to interview. Did I ask him if Margaret had gotten, you know, I was, 40 pounds of peaches on the fruit truck? I was going to. I forgot. We I weren't was, just a little weak before some, Fran got here. Somebody <laughs> wanted me to ask, and I forgot. I should have. Somebody. This is a good question. Given Margaret's level of play in basketball, she made it all the way up to Notre Dame, was a really good player. They wanted me to ask if she ever worked with Patrick as a post player on certain things, and I should have asked that. That's a good question. It is a good you know, question, ever, and I'll bet she and has. I bet she probably has. Yeah. I mean, Fran was a point guard. Granted, Fran understands the game inside now, but I bet you there's little nuances and little tricks that Margaret's probably told Patrick as a forward and whatever. But I'll bet. Next time I talk to Fran, that, I think that'd be a good question because if you watch Margaret, she watches basketball with a keen eye. I mean, she understands the game she does. pretty closely. I mean, she's, it's not like she's in the stands knitting or something while her husband works. I mean, she, gets, <laughs> she, she understands basketball. She played at a very high level, and she was good. And there's nothing wrong with knitting in the stands. I mean, didn't you guys say you saw somebody knitting during Lake Lighter? I, I didn't. I did. But, I yeah. was knitting during Lake <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a quick little break. Okay. A quick one. Whatever. From the Hurtine and Stalker Studios in the heart of the Hawkeye Nation, this is the mighty 1630 KCJJ Iowa City. Hurtine and Stalker Jewelers, making memories, making we have a fairly comfortable and not humid week coming up this week. Here's your KCJJ forecast. Today, partly cloudy, 74 this afternoon. The wind out of the north at 5 to 15. And, of course, with that north wind, the humidity is going to be almost non-existent here today. It's going to feel nice. Tonight, clear 55. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, 76. Then on Wednesday, sunshine with a high of 78. It'll get a little warmer and a little more humid late this week into the weekend. I'm meteorologist Sean Cable on the mighty 1630 KCJJ. Right now, it's 61. 1-800-800-ROSE 1-800-800-ROSE Your FTD florist is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country 1-800-800-ROSE It's so easy, just remember one number 1-800-800-ROSE Your FTD florist 1-800-800-ROSE 
800 Rose. Remember. Hi, this is Bill Eichsring of the Oxyoke Inn. Our doors are open again. Although the way we serve you is different, we're still here and ready to welcome you. We've learned a lot about keeping you and our staff safe. What hasn't changed is our commitment of trust to you and your family. Our Oxyoke family is ready to take care of you in our four dining rooms with the same quality of food, attention to detail, and customer service you've come to trust for the past 80 years. Those values are now more important than ever. Now serving family style breakfast Saturday and Sunday with lunch, dinner, and banquets daily. Don't forget, you can still order curbside carryout and take the comforting taste of the Oxyoke home with you to share at your family's table. Visit Oxyokin.com, Instagram, or our Facebook page for menu and weekly specials. From our Oxyoke family to yours, we can't wait to see you again soon, and we'll be glad you're here at the Oxyoke Inn in the heart of Amana. For a gift that your loved one will treasure for a lifetime, find it at our family-owned jewelry store in Iowa City, Pertine and Stocker Jewelers. We can show you diamond engagement rings, colored stones, fashion jewelry, and watches. Our jewelers are on site, so we can design jewelry for that special person in your life. We are Hertine and Stocker, serving Iowa City and the surrounding area for three generations. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, downtown Iowa City, and HertineandStockerJewelers.com. As for Willa, Terry, Tim, or Kate, one of us is always there. Over the years, car keys have gotten extremely complex. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can generate the most technically advanced automotive keys on the market today. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can produce most conventional transponder, sidewinder, and remote-headed keys. If you've lost the keys to your car or simply need a duplicate, call 330-9185. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars has the technology to keep you on the road. Call 330-9185 and schedule an appointment today. Hi, this is Steve Anderson with Hawkeye Title and Settlement in Iowa City. Whether it's a crazy real estate market, record low interest rates, or the COVID-19 virus, we are living in unprecedented times. But know that my remarkable team at Hawkeye is literally working around the clock and in unique and adaptable ways to try to make every deal close smoothly and on time. We appreciate your understanding, patience, and flexibility as we power through this tough time. We're going to get through this together. Car won't steer? Call Premier. Premier Automotive in North Liberty offers full-service mechanical auto repair work in addition to being Eastern Iowa's most trusted name in auto body repair. Use Premier for all your auto repair needs. Brakes, oil changes, air conditioning, diagnostics, transmissions, or preventive maintenance. Whether you hit a deer or your car won't steer, see Premier Automotive in North Liberty. GT Car, owner of Supel Siding and Remodeling, offers service and quality that is unmatched in the area. At Supel Siding and Remodeling, their trained professionals will install and guarantee the products used in any size job done. Regardless of the project, Supel Siding and Remodeling will stand behind their quality products and installation with exceptional customer service. Whether it's a window replacement, a kitchen remodel, or a house addition, our employees are committed to quality. Visit sales at souples.net or call 337-2246. You see the same people there greeting you, and they know you. I think of my cell phone. There's not a big distinction there from family to customer. Deary Ford in Iowa City. That kind of relationship that goes deep. Taking care of you, taking care of your vehicle. It's just that growing list of friends, frankly, that uh, that's kind of been the big payoff for me. The ownership experience is going to be four or five plus years. We have to be there for you. Deary Ford in Iowa City. 
see why people choose them over and over again. DearyFord.com. Hi, this is Bill Eichsring of the Oxyoke Inn. Our doors are open again. Although the way we serve you is different, we're still here and ready to welcome you. We've learned a lot about keeping you and our staff safe. What hasn't changed is our commitment of trust to you and your family. Our Oxyoke family is ready to take care of you in our four dining rooms with the same quality of food, attention to detail, and customer service you've come to trust for the past 80 years. Those values are now more important than ever. Now serving family style breakfast Saturday and Sunday with lunch, dinner, and banquets daily. Don't forget, you can still order curbside carryout and take the comforting taste of the Oxyoke home with you to share at your family's table. Visit Oxyokin.com, Instagram, or our Facebook page for menu and weekly specials. From our Oxyoke family to yours, we can't wait to see you again soon, and we'll be glad you're here at the Oxyoke Inn in the heart of Amana. Please consider wearing a clean, do-it-yourself face mask in public while still maintaining social distance with the mighty 1630 KCJJ. Yeah. Hawkfanatic.com. We are back. Great to have Fran on. Always uh, very thorough. Yeah. I mean, he's just so easy to interview. I mean, he... He brings a lot of energy, insight, and he just gives a lot of thought to questions, and he's fun. And like I said, I, I just want basketball to happen so bad. We just need like that. Yes, yesterday's yeah. press conference and everything was good. Hawkeye fans have not had a lot to be no, happy about lately. No, we haven't, and that's was the first question we asked. You know, yeah. what a great day for Iowa and it basketball. Was. And then Josh Ogondale is here now, and there's just a lot to be happy about as long as we can just get this damn virus under control. Yep. Well, people don't, you know, we went uh, yesterday, we were going to eat in the park. We picked up some burgers and we're going to eat in the park. That's a Kelso song, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eating out at the park? <laughs> you know, somebody told me, Captain, that they thought that you handle it really well when I interrupt your comments with stupid remarks. Like that. <laughs> a friend of mine told me that the other day. They're like, you know, you always call Captain a hothead. Do you realize how many times you interrupt him with just stupid, ridiculous stuff? And he Steve just Steve has on? had a 56-year career <laughs> doing exactly that. Okay, so you went to the park. Now, what's going what, on? Well, nobody had. I mean, seriously, we went to Morrison Park. And uh, there were maybe 100 people there, seriously. Uh-huh. Uh, no masks. I mean, no masks. And we didn't get out of the car, and we, we no. went home and ate the burgers. Isn't that what? I mean, no masks. That's what Roberto Duran said. Uh, yeah, no masks. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to live up to my reputation. No, it's unfortunate. I go for walks every day, and I bring a mask with me. And when I cross somebody, I put it on. Because lots of times the people I cross are people jogging and gasping and just mm-hmm. spraying droplets like it's like crying in the rain, singing mean, in the rain. It's so ridiculous when you've got every freaking doctor in the world, including this guy's own doctors. You know, the, he the, he dispels it, but they're going off saying, "We're a ma- if we wore a mask for six to eight weeks, we'd have the damn thing under control. Whereas you could go back to almost normal so i I have a question okay uh our mayor of iowa city gave us a 
mandate where you have to wear masks. Yeah. Okay. You can't get into places now without it. So the question, yeah. is, yes, and that's I think that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. But like, if you're out walking outside, does it mean no. you have to wear no. a mask? No. no. If you're exercising, moving, and you're kind of on, like when I go for a no. walk, I bring it with me uh-huh. just for my own. Re- but if you're moving, like Captain said, you don't have to. No. If you're you okay. Just, that's what I thought. Only, you know, really, the only way they they can control it is if there's a large crowd. Uh, or you go into a private business that says yeah. you mm-hmm. have to wear a mask. Here, uh, we've got a note. You can't. You don't come in here. We've got a note on the door. You don't come in. Somebody wanted to argue with me about that. They wanted to go through auction stuff, and I finally said, you know, they had no mask on or anything. I was leaving Saturday. I wasn't going to let them in here and, I don't blame and leave with Molly. Uh, and I said, well, that we don't have. I just said we don't have any auction stuff you're not getting in mm-hmm. you could count on one hand the number of people that have been in here since and then well i thought you wanted to uh you know so i said your eight dollars isn't going to make us or break us this year <laughs> i mean period and if it does i mean they power the guy, down right now yeah the guy just wanted to argue you yeah. know and i said you can't get in and there's nobody in there to help you well i've gone through it before by myself and I said, well, you ain't going through it this time. No. There's nothing there. No. No, I'm not dealing with that. You know, nobody's getting in here because we have kept this like a little pod. You know, so. And I got, well, in, I so I got in this morning at 3 because I couldn't sleep. Uh, and uh, There's a shock. Yeah, and I, you know, well, we I wiped down distance. everything. Yeah. yeah, we also oh, social yeah. distance. I mean, I'm 10 feet from Suter. I'm not even in the same room as you. Yeah. yeah. And I'm wearing a mask. Hello. Couple things. I just passed uh, three bicyclists on Mormon tracks utilizing the bicycle lane. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. As I'm going with the flow of traffic at forty. Mm, that's progress. Five over. So yeah, that's nice. And uh, what's up? Uh, what does wearing a mask by yourself in your car with the windows up do? I have always found that yeah, fascinating. I'm not getting that. I take my mask <laughs> I mean, off the moment I, I get yeah, in the car. I'm in the car and the air conditioner. <laughs> That's a, I'm glad he said that because yeah. I just I don't know. shake my head when I, I see it. I just passed somebody that did that. Maybe they just forgot to take it down or you know, they're used to it or whatever. But, yeah, I just passed somebody, too, yesterday. That have the mask but hey, you know, I'm not going to rip up. them for being extra. No, safe. no, I'd rather they wear yes. that than not yeah. ever wear one. Yeah. Of course, but no, that's no. I take it off the minute question. I get in the car. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't have a mask when I come out no, here way. because I'm by staying away from. Yeah, I'm by myself. I'm all by. So myself. do you still uh, Ray? Is he still having to deal with angry customers? Have you asked him lately? I haven't asked him lately. But um, initially, he did, right? Yes. Yeah. Hello. Hey, guys. Two things. One, I often just leave my mask on because I'm running from job to job and my hands are dirty from doing handyman work. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get those germs all over the mask. And I also don't want to, you know, forget it. Yeah. Okay. So That's a good Leave well, it on and drive five minutes across town. No, that, that, that makes sense. sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the other thing is uh, on Pat interrupting Captain, I still don't know what happened with a guy that came into a particular establishment with a knife while you were serving popcorn. Uh Oh, when I, I was, I, it was. Well, start telling it, Captain, then I'll interrupt with something. Go. Okay. You interrupt <laughs> me with stuff. I want to hear. No, I want to hear. No, I was. Uh, I was I'll like. Hang up, I'll hang up for the story. I okay, had thanks. A friend in high school. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And he was working at the Roxy Theater on 16th in Moline, 
and it was like a you know a porn theater. Okay. You know, and uh, I went to you know I went to visit him. He was working there. The name was Bob something. We're gonna have to wash our hands after this story. And uh, some guy came in with a knife. And went into the theater and ripped the screen. That's the whole story. Oh, an anti-porn guy? It's not a great... No, just not... Just a jerk? (laughs) Just a jerk. So how does this tie in with the popcorn? I was helping him make popcorn. At a porn place? This is not an interesting story. No, but would you eat... (laughs) Tom... Would but, you eat popcorn at a porn place? Well, it wasn't Absolutely. Our, we weren't making the butter. I would butter. need to. We, we, we weren't making the butter ourselves. <laughs> oh, that, sure you weren't. The... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I just made myself <laughs> ill. Thanks, caller. Sorry, friend. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, anyway. I'm willing to bet that Fran is no longer listening. I'm, I'm guessing you're right. I hope to God. Hello. Hi, this is Nazi Mess Guy. How are you? <laughs> okay. I uh, I had heard a rumor that Trump has hired Licklider to deliver mail-in ballots. <laughs> okay. That was good. Do you know that deserves people that are arguing about it, that it's only it's only about the voting. Do you understand? I mean, they made drastic cut cut backs now yeah with the postal service in the last week and a half do you understand how many oh millions of small businesses send out their bills via yeah, the post I, office mm-hmm. and get their that, get yes. their payments We're so nauseating and exhausting this anti uh, i mean it's gonna be can i say one thing though that's funny and it's more of yeah. pro-trump but it's funny there's this gif out there of biden peeking his head out from underneath like some trap door and says, am I president yet? <laughs> it's mean and it's anti-Democrat, but it's funny. And you're it laughing. is funny. It is, uh, have you seen it, Captain? I didn't think it was anti-Democrat. <laughs> well, it's just, I it's just mean. thought it was funny. I mean, yeah. it's funny. I mean if you yeah, can be mean funny. and funny at the same time, I'll excuse you. No, it. it's, me. it's funny. But there's nothing worse than mean and not funny. Can you agree with that? Yes. I just thought it was a funny gift. It is funny. Of the, and there's one of Trump missing a putt, and then he starts whining as a little kid on the green. That's a good one. Those things are fun. I like them on both sides. Rip them both. So, but, but no, um, yesterday was just, it was a nice spark for Iowa fans. It's been a long time since we've been able to write about something more sports-related, something positive. And I'm not saying we had to write about this stuff with football. And I know football is not, that certainly isn't solved, but at least we've, moved on to the next step of the football So, and you can move on and write your Athlon basketball piece. I'm going to do that today, hopefully get it finished tomorrow. Somebody somebody, uh, texted me and told me to remind you to get that Athlon piece in, seriously. (laughs) Well, um, it's weird as I've heard from that. I have not heard from my editor from Athlon. I sent him the email yesterday saying, hey, I'll try to get it done to either today or Tuesday at the latest. Haven't heard back from him yet, so... I mean, I'll get it, you know, once I sit down, it'll take me two, three hours to get it done. But it's going to be fun writing a preview about what you think is going to be one of the top teams in the country. But you're writing about a season that I'm not even convinced is going to happen yet. Are you convinced we're going to have a full basketball season in November? Not a full one and not in November, but we will have some kind of a basketball season, yes. I now, do believe let's say that. it starts in January uh, or whatever. That's what I'm thinking. Do you worry then that Luca may say, you know, what the hell, I'm going to just go overseas. I got this contract waiting for me. Because he could do that at any time. He, absolutely. 
I, I hope don't he think, does, and I, I think it would take a lot I don't to think drive he will. him away. I don't I, think he will either. You know, I'm I'm with you guys. I, I would never say never on anything, especially during a global pandemic, because you just don't know. Yeah. But I do believe that Luca, and I think one thing that we, it's easy to overlook, I think Luca just enjoys being in college too. He's got another year of being mm-hmm. a college yeah. kid. Hello. Uh, Good show as always. This is Steve Collins. Thanks, Steve. Hi, Steve. Hey, first of all, I really enjoyed the interview. It was great. Yeah, it's the thing with Luca that I'm not surprised for one thing because it seemed like that he was—he's just a team guy. And it seemed to me that it got to a point is, if he didn't, he would always wonder what if. I would think that came yeah, in true. for Luca. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and he and said as much. Is, I was wondering. It's great to have all this talent, but I've been trying to figure out what a starting lineup looks like. I can't even figure out who's the point guard. Oh, um, I, mean, I think it's Jordan. Kids, you can put you can put Bohan as an off guard. Well, yeah, but between Connor and Bohan, and Connor can handle the ball a lot too to kind of offset all those responsibilities. I think it's going to be Connor, Bohannon, Frederick, Wieskamp, and Garza. I do too, and you'll always have two point guards on the floor. That's a good thing, yeah. To, and then, of course, there again, we haven't even talked about Toussaint. That's an right. interesting. Oh, thing. Um, Nungy. I mean, Nungy started was a starter last year. I think they'll go small to begin with. What would that be? Six eleven, six six, six six. 6-3 and 6-1. So, but yeah, and I think they're going to have about a 9 or 10 solid man rotation. No, good show as always. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Appreciate Steve. it. Bye. That would be my guess for a starting lineup right now with Nunji being one of the first players off the bench. It's going to be interesting. What 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 happens if Josh Agundale is so good that he has to play this year? Think about that. Whereas Fran would be like, yeah, we'd love to redshirt this kid, but my God, look what he did today in practice. Imagine well, if that happens. Then you would have... Then Nun- could play power forward. Then you'd have Nunji and Connor rotating at the four. And then, then also you could put a Gundelay in with Nunji and think about it, a team that you could start small with the lineup we just mentioned. But then all of a sudden you look up and you got Garza, Nunji, and a Gundelay in at the same time with Toussaint and Frederick. I mean, think about the amount. Well, of if options. you're playing a really tall team. Yeah. Well, and Nunji, and the reason I think you could get away with that in some ways, it might hurt you some on defense, a lack of perimeter quickness, but Nunji and Garza can both make three-pointers. Yep. They can stretch the floor. So, yep. no, I think the possibilities are endless. I mean, I, I'm actually good. I'm excited to write this preview for athletes. I am excited about basketball season, and I wish I was excited about football season. I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen partly because it'll it happens happen sooner. Spring. And I'm not, I'm, I do think football has some nice pieces. Oh, definitely. I think football has some nice pieces. I mean, I really do think offensively they have a chance to be really good. If Spencer Petras is just serv- – if he's just average, I think they have a chance to be be pretty good. I would be excited about football except for I just don't see how they're going to do it. And I don't know what the schedule's going to be. Yeah, well, that too. Isn't that supposed to come out this week? Mm-hmm. Hello. Hey, it's Lonely Old Grandpa. Hey, Derek. Dirk. Good morning. What's Thanks up? for having Fran on. That was really enlightening. I- I, for one, am very encouraged that he feels very strongly there will be a basketball season. And mm-hmm. Like you guys, I think it's going to be altered, probably late start, maybe January, maybe Big Ten only again. Uh, who knows? But to hear him speak confidently that he feels there will be a season was very reassuring. Yeah, no, I, I mean, agree. Fran is very, he, he does, he just gets you fired up and he gets you believing. Well, he's He's just got no BS factor in him. No, that's you know? true. Yeah, uh, he doesn't. You know, a lot of coaches tend to soften things up, soften up answers, dance around the realities of things, and and give you coach speak. And I just never get the feeling that we're getting coach speak 
from Fran. Well, he did soften up the answer about the past, you know. A little bit. He did. <laughs> about what? About, about, the, uh, about the program he inherited. The, yeah. Yeah. Well, out of respect for the previous. Yes. Well, yes. And that's why I made yeah, a point of saying, hey, I don't want to bash. You know, he, I don't want to bash. avoid answering stuff no. about the current situation or about his era. And I wasn't going to ask him about Iowa football. That's not fair. I mean, I, no, I, I'm not, I would, not. that's just not fair. I mean, there's. I wouldn't want to. I'm sorry, Pat. Well, I just Go wouldn't ahead. want to put him in that situation. That's not why we had him on. We had him on to talk right. about that. I had a couple of people ask me if I was going to ask him about it. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to ask him about yeah, the Iowa the football. <laughs> no. Um, I got busy during his interview. Did you or did he talk at all about where he's going to find minutes for all these players? What are the yes. expectations of a the incoming bit. freshmen? Uh, well, Tom asked him about redshirting. I think you're going to see at least two freshmen. Redshirt. He says it's, un- but he also said he goes it's unfortunate in some ways because he goes they're good enough to where they shouldn't have to redshirt, but they have so much depth and experience right now that um, right now I think the plan would be to redshirt. Now we've got to understand, guys, injuries happen. They do. Things can change, but no, that's going to be a challenge. Minutes. I don't think Luca averages as many points this year as he did last year. I, I don't either. I think he could maybe average between eighteen and twenty-three this year. I don't think they're going to need him to get forty to hang in. I think Bohannon and Frederick are going to between the two of them probably average. I would think somewhere between 25 and 30 points a game. It's just an amazing collection. And it's got to be, Dirk, because I know your your fa- second favorite team, Illinois, is really good on paper. It loaded. I've already really had a couple good. of friends from Illinois uh, text me this morning and, and also mention their players coming back and how competitive these two teams And they got a five-star. <laughs> Don't they have a five-star recruit coming in who's really they good? They do. Yeah, I was yeah. kind of surprised that Dosumu was coming back. I was too. Hey, I love the Iowa-Illinois rivalry, and when it's strong, the Big Ten benefits. Hey, speaking of that, Lou Henson died. Yeah, we saw that. Yep, sweet Lou. F him. <laughs> sweet Lou and F him. Wow. You know what? There was nothing Dan. sweet about him, and the stuff they did and then tried to turn the tables on Iowa. I know, but we're talking a guy's death. I mean, I, mean, I get you. I mean, I, the, what are you, the stinking... How are you going to celebrate Lou Henson's death? Yeah, how are you going to... What did God need, Captain? A cheating coach? Is that... <laughs> a, a coach with a new hairdo. <laughs> Ludu, wow. that was his nickname, right? Ludu. Yeah, Ludu. Ludu. So, what? Who had the worst hairdo, Gene Cady or Ludu? Ooh. Or Donald uh, Trump? Ooh, they're all similar. Kind of that comb yeah. over. Cady's was the worst, just because it was so it was wet, so black, and wet. It looks like he poured yeah. oil on his head right before the game. Well, I loved him, though, man. A very hideous-looking <laughs> wife sitting right behind him. On yeah, the bench. but one of my all-time favorite coaches, man. I loved him. You he was, talk he was of, Frank as well. He never pulled punches. But he was a nice guy, and he treated the media with respect. Yeah. Like, I've told this story before when he got when I called to set up an interview, and he called me out of the blue, and I was in the shower, and he waited for me to dry. He goes, "All right, well, get a towel. Let's go." That was Gene yep. Cady doing that. He waited for me to get out of the yep. shower. Some little twenty-six-year-old reporter from Iowa City. I'll never forget that. Yeah, he was uh, a good guy all the way around. He was. I just never understood that haircut, man. Wow. But talking, he um, was a great, gave Lou a great Henson interview. Was a too. Dirty dealer, and, and there's just no two ways around it. You can spin it as an Illinois fan, but he was filthy. And I, yeah. Okay, so. here's one, Dirk. Dirtier. Who's filthier, Gigi Allen or Lou Henson? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> All right. Always got a way to get Gigi in the <laughs> Darn right. Well, that was a great interview today. I really appreciate it. And I'm 
really kind of <laughs> fired up. I, I, me too. I, me too. You know, as a Cardinal fan, I'm just sick to my stomach about what's happening there. As a Hawkeye football fan, I don't hold any hope that there's going to be mm-hmm. a normal, any normalcy, if even games. If we get but one game in, I'll be happy. Yeah, and I think there could be games, but there's going to be no fans. There's going to be no tailgating, no hotels yeah. full. It's going to be a disaster. Well, there'll be, be a, tailgating, all right. It'll it, be at my house. Well, yeah. yeah. It'll be an economic disaster yeah. for this community. That's that really the other will. thing. For all the communities. For all the communities. Yeah. Well, yeah, so. you know, I had to take my daughter out yesterday to the mall to get some things for her dance team and volleyball team. And I went into a local sporting goods store, which shall remain nameless. Duh. And I was shocked <laughs> at how many people were not wearing masks and for the first time i refused to bite my tongue and i i confronted several people in there and said what is wrong with you you know you it was so crowded in the store you couldn't avoid people what reaction did you get nothing just walked away blank stares nothing but here's an interesting reaction uh i confronted two shoppers two groups of shoppers and both times i did i had other shoppers approach me and say, thank you for saying something. I agree with you 100%. It's wrong. I also spoke with several Shields employees, and they, one of them thanked me and said they are just, I'm sorry, I said the company name. but <laughs> Well, that's the only just, sporting goods store there. So I understand, yeah. <laughs> they were also mm-hmm. upset that the store didn't implement a mandatory mask policy. Again, it's so busy and congested. Well, first of all, Coralville doesn't have a mandatory right. mask policy. And secondly, a lot of these stores have to be excused because their clerks didn't, uh, you know, sign up. To well, take to take on uh, abusive customers, they, yeah, they just don't get it. It's for their protection, and they feel vulnerable. Well, That's lot, what they told me a yes. lot. Yeah, a lot of the stores. I mean, a lot of the stores are not doing that because their their clerks, their their people have been attacked, physically yeah. attacked. I mean, there's stories all over all of our uh, feeds about yep. people being attacked for saying. Wear your mask. So I can understand why stores don't mandate it. I was in Target twice, once yesterday, once Saturday. And I didn't see anybody in there without a mask. And I think it was mandatory. Target Uh, stores are mandatory. Yeah. So it just really. But they've had a lot of problems. When I went into Shields, when there were so many people without them. And I've had enough. It's not political it's really quite frankly an iq test that's all there well, okay. you're not wrong okay no. let me ask you this yes sir if uh you knew that you uh, had it even you were asymptomatic but you knew you had it and lou hansen came up to you and tapped you on your shoulder would you would you keep the mask up or I, pull it I down i would keep the mask up that's okay. just all right not nice we're just trying to find out where he yeah we just want yeah well, i thought you were going to say you'd french kiss him <laughs> <laughs> what the Listen, hell? I'm old enough to remember <laughs> how they treated the Iowa program when they got caught cheating, paying 80 grand in cash to a recruit, giving him the infamous blazer to drive. Um, 
was, and they tried to pin that on us. That to, was like two years before I got here. Yeah. Oh, I remember all that stuff. I remember yeah. it all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I knew the coaches involved at the time and, and, and Bump Elliott. And that was a dirty, dirty deal. Number one, what they did with the recruiting. <laughs> Number two, how they tried to shift he is not over it. to no, Iowa. You will never I have get over not it. not forgotten that. No, well, no, clearly not. Yeah. Well, even Lou Hansen's death didn't, it didn't all, change anything yeah, for and you. The, the bad thing was Lou Hansen tried to blame it on White Boy Rick. Yes. <laughs> That's a really good movie. <laughs> You've it seen really it? It really is. Yeah. I've seen it. Absolutely. It's what, good. What do you think of I Matthew think McConaughey? I just love him in that movie. Yeah, he's awesome. And uh, the sister is really good. Good, yeah, because you should see is. her in real life when she's not. It's nothing like. I mean, it's amazing how she transformed herself into his sister. It's amazing. That's a good point. Yeah, uh, really well written movie. I thought. Uh, who played the father of White Boy Rick? Matthew McConaughey. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, that's, I'm sorry. <laughs> and the guy who played White Boy Rick, his name's Richie Merritt. He was never an actor. They saw him at a high school, and they're like, "Hey, look, this kid looks like he could be an actor." He had never really? acted before. Really? Yeah. Wow. Kid looks Deep like story. he should be in jail for thirty-five years. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I got to get back All to right. work. Thanks for being here, right, Hawks. Go Hawks. No, this is a fun show today. Um, and thanks again to Fran for being on and. I'll keep you posted on future guests. For, yeah, I'd love to have Joe like Tucson. It would be nice to get. I'd, I'd like great. to get Joe Tucson, but I'd like to get Kirk on too. I, yeah, I think, oh, you guys, I think you guys would like to talk to Kirk. Should too. we take this? Yeah, go sure. ahead. I mean, it's. I, Hello. I'm fine. Non-sports related. It's okay. All right. Um, it's my theory, and I could be totally off. But so, like uh, a Shields or something, or a sporting goods store at the mall. Um, the a mall, you know, those attract. A lot of small town people come into town to go shopping and stuff. Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed, like the small town mentality, you know, there's not a lot of us here. Nobody here has it. Just a few have it, so they feel that you know they're inferior. So then that transfers to when they go to like Shields or mm-hmm. something like that here in town. So they, you know, the IQ part of it, yeah, that's a big thing. And you think that they could adapt once they came to these bigger areas where they're not as quote unquote safe. Soft. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. I, that could be valid. Yeah. Could figure in. Yeah. All right. See ya. All yep. right. So, yeah, I mean, I just know that a lot of clerks uh, have been attacked and, and I mean, attacked. Sugar Ray. Sugar Ray. Attacked. Sugar Ray. But, yeah. I mean, not, you know, choked but, or anything, no, but yeah, verbally. But, but verbally, but I, there's a lot of clerks. That, I understand the stores not doing it. Um, no, I do well too. As, I do as well as doing it. I mean, if uh, the targets and every, but I mean the targets and Walmart, those people are getting physically mm-hmm. attacked. Well, High V, it says right there, you can't come in, and they've all. You notice they yeah. always have one or two workers. It seems like standing there. Now, granted, the other day that it was like a seventeen-year-old girl. Who's she gonna? It's not like she's gonna physically throw people. But, but yeah, they have a guy standing there with there to masks. Yeah. If you don't have one, they're there to remind you and just say please. And like you know, I go to Panera to get soup every once in a while. You can't go into Panera without a mask. And I, you well, know, they're, so. they're uh, the way I understand it. Uh, the Walmart here is hiring bouncers uh, from Wendy's. So, 
just you don't even you're, you're so mean to them before they even get within six feet of you that they just yeah you know, i'm gonna leave yeah. it's a new kind of hey, social fighting distancing. each other <laughs> what do you think they think of white boy rick down at that wendy's captain uh, they think he's a pussy <laughs> oh. oh boy was well, um, that our cue that we should be done here sure you know done? we talk about how great basketball <laughs> yeah could be think about wrestling yeah, national championship caliber. Back to back. They would have won it last year. Yeah. And I think on paper they're loaded again to win it. Yeah, no. If we could just get this damn virus to cooperate with us, we, we could have a lot of fun in Hawkeye sports over well, the next six to nine months. It's our own fault. Oh, I know. I know. I'm just, you know, at some point you just, I, I just wish, I hope, like Andy Dufresne said, hope is a wonderful thing. Perhaps it, the best thing. It is a wonderful thing. Dear Red, if you're reading this, you've gotten out. If you come this far, maybe you're willing to come a little further. You remember the name of the town, don't you? Say Want Nail. All right. Uh, Hawkfanatic.com. Check it out. Molly Suter is next. Thanks again to Fran. <laughs>